Greetings. Greetings from my heart to your heart. Greetings to special friends from far and near, from around the world, from San Clemente to Huntington Beach. (laughs) You're looking so good, I wish I could see you. (laughs) Well, this morning, we are into a text of scripture that is so glorious, so awesome, so appropriate for this time in history. My heart is moved. I feel like a racehorse at the gate. I want to get into it. Please turn to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Again, it's Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. And we read, Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily hinder us. Let us run the race with perseverance, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising its shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the word of the Lord. Let's bow our hearts. Oh, dear Holy Spirit, plant this truth in our lives now and forever. Amen. It's unfortunate that there's a chapter division here at the end of 11 and the beginning of 12 because they tie together. We cannot possibly understand one and two, without referring to chapter 11. Now, not going into detail in chapter 11, so don't get too worried, because I've come here with a prayer. Lord, 
fill my head with worthwhile stuff and nudge me hard when I've said enough. (laughs) Who are the cloud of witnesses? They are the people of chapter 11, the people who lived by faith. By faith, Noah. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Moses. By faith, Joseph. They are known for their witness of faith. They all died in faith. And they lived by faith in perilous times, persecution, hardship, difficulty, tribulation, trial. And their witness came through those times. While we live here this morning, The important thing about our lives is our witness of faith in hard, difficult times. Our testimony of faith. They witnessed to us this morning by faith. I try to get the message reduced to one sentence. And the message is this. We live the life of faith By looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. That's the message. The outline for the message is in the words of the text. And there are five words in this text. That give us a five-point message. And the first word is looking. By the way, there are eight sermons in verses one and two. I'm going to deal with one phrase or sentence. Looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith. So the first word is the word looking. And immediately I want to say, this does not mean a casual glance. It is a strong word, full of meaning. Some translations say, fix your attention 
on Jesus. It's vitally important for us. Jesus Christ is not casual. He is God. God Almighty. We're dealing with sovereign omnipotence by looking at Jesus. Now you may say to me, how do we know, how do I know when I'm really looking at Jesus? Five voice. The first way is when he is top priority. He is the center of our attention. He occupies our life, our mind, our heart. He is our purpose. He is our reason for living. When we are looking at him, he is top priority. Secondly, when we are living in communion with him, Daily with him. Daily relationship. Communicating together. Receiving from the Bible. Talking to him about everything. When he is top priority, when we are living in communion, When we are surrendered to his authority, he is the Lord, the master, the king. Now, some people talk about receiving Jesus as Savior and then later on receiving him as Lord. He is never, ever anything less than Lord. He is the master. He is the authority. Live under his authority. Top priority, communion, authority, and surrendered or living by faith in him and his ability. He said, without me, you can do nothing. Don't live life apart from him. The fifth way we know 
we're looking at Jesus is when we are willing to get rid of all hindrances. We have hindrances when we get serious about looking at Jesus. There will be opposition. There will be hindrances that come to our life. And again, you may say to me, what are the hindrances? Five. First of all, people. People can be a hindrance to us in looking at Christ. If you are keeping company with the wrong people or person, Get rid of them. Don't let them drag you down. Keep company with the right people. We used to say that being together was keeping company. Now I hear it's hanging out. What did you and John do the other day? Oh, we were hanging out. So I have to learn a new language. But I'm used to learning a new language because when our son Tim became a surfer, he would go surfing, come home, I'd say, how were the waves? He said, glassy. Again, he'd come home and say, oh, they were all blown out. Or he'd come home and say, they were really rad. (laughs) I had to learn the surfing language. Dude. Get rid of people who hinder. Secondly, get get rid of places you're going that only raise temptation. Don't go there. Thirdly, it can be possessions. Your life is involved with your possessions. It's greed. People, places, possessions. And now I'm grappling for the fourth one. Before we leave, I'll have it. 
It is schedules. It grieves me because Christian people are slaves to schedules. I talked to a man recently to try to encourage him to worship at home with his family. And as we talked, he could find no time for worship with his family. How sad. Do not let schedules keep you from looking at Jesus. And the fifth thing is idolatry. You may think, well, I'm not a pagan or a heathen. I don't have idolatry. We all have idolatry. And the idol we worship is self. My idol is me. And your idol is you. And we worship the biggest fish in the world. It's called selfish. (laughs) Put him first. That's what looking at Jesus is. First place. We live the life of faith by looking at Jesus. The second word in our text is the word Jesus. Looking at Jesus. And I take this to mean exclusively. Jesus and no other. A pure heart unmixed. Not rattling around looking at other people or other things. Jesus only. Looking at Jesus. There is a huge push around the world to get rid of Jesus. And in our country, our culture is becoming anti-Christ. Legislations are against Jesus. I say to you, let's not let them get rid of Jesus. That was so weak, but I thank you. I just said to you, don't let them get rid of Jesus. Oh, bless your heart. We need him. He's our only hope. We live in perilous times. People around the world are insecure, waiting 
for something big. People in our country are insecure. Something has to change. We're in perilous times. Stay with Jesus. If I had 10 seconds to speak to all the Christians in all the world, I would shout to them, stay with Jesus. If I had 10 seconds to speak to all the Christians in the United States, I would say, stay with Jesus. And I am here to say to you, folks, in 10 seconds, stay with Jesus. We live the life of faith by looking at Jesus. The third word in our outline is author. He is the author of our faith. Now there are certain parallels between a human writing a book as the author and Christ being the author of our faith. A man or a woman gets an idea, feels inspired, writes a book, has the plot in mind, selects the people, gives them names, gives them activities and events, that unfold the plot of the book and closes the book, usually with a message. The author is the starter, continues and closes the book. Now this word, the Greek word, Archegos is a wonderful, great, strong word. It has many meanings. It can mean the chief, the head, the ruler, the one in charge, the one in control the one who supplies. The word author is a good translation. And I believe there is another word that comes alongside of it, and that is the word initiator. Jesus Christ is the initiator of our faith. No human being 
ever, ever initiated faith. Because it is impossible. The Bible tells us that in the condition in sin and unbelief, that we cannot initiate faith. Jesus said, no man can come to me unless the Father draws him. The natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit. They are foolishness to him. Neither can he know them. C-A-N, ability. No human being has the ability to initiate faith. And it's the same thing with love. We do not initiate love. We love him because he first loved us. The initiator of love. And the initiator of faith. How do we respond to that? We say, thank you, Lord. I appreciate you. I adore you for initiating my faith. The next word used in this text to reveal living a life by faith is the word finisher. When I was discussing this with my son Tim on the telephone, he quoted it this way. Looking unto Jesus, the initiator and furnisher of our faith. And I thought, that is great because it's true. He is the initiator He's the finisher. He he is the guardian. He is the protector of our faith. And it is said of the Hebrew 11 people, they went through perilous times, but they all died in faith. And we will all die in faith because he keeps us in faith. That is our security. Thank him, praise him, love him. We live the life of faith by looking at Jesus who is the author and the finisher of our faith.
The fifth word in our outline, did you ever think we'd ever get there? The fifth word is faith. The finisher of our faith. I think a good way to study faith and understand it is by considering it as a noun and a verb. I like to know the part of speech of every word in my text. And since I don't see so well, I have a research team who is doing a lot of work for me in the text. And they have done a splendid work in this text, helping me with the original language and also in English grammar. Faith is a noun. It refers to the entire body of Christian truth from Genesis to Revelation. It is known as the faith. It includes all the doctrinal, theological, practical truth we know and have. It is the faith. The faith Our faith is a gift from God. By grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. So no one can boast. What a marvelous plan of God. All by grace through faith. Faith is not only a noun, it's a verb. It's truth that is exercised. We use faith. We have faith and we live by faith. Through perilous persecution, trials, difficulties of life. And they come to all of us. Exercise faith. Live by faith. Now faith turns to believing. We who have faith believe. I believe. Once I did not believe, now I believe. I believe in God the Father. I believe in God the Son. I believe in God the Holy Spirit. I believe in the Bible. I believe I'm forgiven. 
I believe I have eternal life. Because of my faith, I believe. And you are here as believers. We have faith, we believe, and then we trust. Faith, believing, trusting. By faith, we trust him. Now, you could go to an airport and be sitting up there, and you can look down at the plane that they're getting ready, which you're going to board. And you see a man in a uniform walking by, and he's the pilot. He boards the plane. You believe that's an airplane, and you believe he is the pilot, but you are not trusting till you get on that plane and fly away. Faith, believing, trusting. And that's where we are this morning. Because I know many of you I know the kind of trials and tribulations and perils that face our life. The call from God is trust me. Get on board and fly with me. I am your pilot. Faith, believing, trusting leads to resting. When we trust, we learn to rest. And we get on that plane and we're flying and we fix the pillow in the back of our head and we take a nap. That's resting. I do not find many Christians who are resting. Somehow, legalism and moralism capture our hearts. Do not live under the law. Live by grace through faith and you will rest. Think of the examples of faith you have seen in your life through family or friends. There is one in the 
11th chapter of Hebrews that I'm thinking of. And that is in the life of Abraham. By faith, Abraham. God promised him a great family and he has no children who will carry out the promise. Finally, he has Isaac, his only son of promise. And God told Abraham, take Isaac and sacrifice him to me. Abraham took Isaac and his servant to Mount Moriah. And Abraham said to the servant, Stay here. The lad and I will go to worship, and we will come back to you. He built an altar, got the wood, and it was ready. And Isaac said, Father, here is the altar, but where is the sacrifice? Abraham said, God himself will provide the sacrifice. Abraham bound Isaac on the altar. And he takes out his knife. And he is going to slit his throat and stab him in the heart. He heard a noise. And he looked around, and there was a ram caught in the bushes. Abraham took the ram, slew the ram, and sacrificed it, knowing it was God who provided the sacrifice. That's faith. He believed that God would raise Isaac from the dead even though he sacrificed him. He said to the servant, we're going to worship and we will return. And they did, both of them. Think of that. He is ready to kill his son. And he is ready by faith. He believed in God's commitment. And brothers and sisters, you can believe 
and God's commitment to you this morning. Our Lord Jesus Christ endured the cross for the joy that was set before him because he believed that the cross was not the end and the joy to which he looked forward is you. Those who would be called to believe and with whom he would spend eternity. The joy of the Lord Jesus Christ is you and you and you and you. He was willing to die for you so we could live by faith and bear witness to our God. And we live the life of faith by looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his Amen.